this computer. Okay, so welcome back to the uh, the Nudge Business Podcast. Uh, my name's Rob Nugent, and I started uh, speaking to small business owners during lockdown, um, primarily to share some of the incredibly interesting conversations I have had over the last 15 years of networking my small businesses. And through a funny twist of fate, I have bumped into uh, Sarah, Sarah Aspinall of Breaking Ballet, who's on, on with me this morning um, to talk about her transition from a, um, a high-flying corporate lawyer into running her own business in the health and fitness space through, uh, through Breaking Ballet. And I just wanted to have a, a quick conversation to find out a little bit more. So, uh, Sarah, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, no problem at all. And uh, we'll just get straight into this one because it's, uh, it's absolutely fascinating. And, and so just tell me a little bit about Breaking Ballet and, and, and how it works. Yeah, so Breaking Ballet is a unique online ballet fitness program for busy women. It is for women. Um, women who are predominantly in their 40s and beyond to help them prioritize their health and well-being. I think once, you know, post age 35, things start changing for women um, in terms, you know, the aging process, but also you might have young children, you might have elderly parents, there's, you know, lots and lots of demands placed on us. And we get a bit time poor and we put ourselves to the bottom of the list. So yeah, Breaking Ballet was born to really help women focus on 15 minute workouts each and every day. And of course those workouts, uh, ballet inspired workouts, um, the name gives it away, <laughs> but the, um, the name came about because I wanted to start breaking down those barriers that, that do exist, preventing women from giving that form of exercise a go. They have this internal narrative of, you know, I'm not slim enough. I'm not bendy enough. I'm not coordinated enough. I can't possibly do ballet, all of that. Um, they've got this preconceived idea of what a dancer needs to look like, but you know, none of us are heading off to the dance at the Royal Opera House anytime soon. It's it's about moving your body and feeling good. So yeah, that's amazing. And there is a thing there, though, isn't there, Sarah? Where you know, I think we we talked about. I've I've done five years of CrossFit training, and one of the biggest barriers is for me to say to my friend, "Come with me." They go, "Well, I can't do that. I'm not fit." It's like, well, that's the whole point. Mm by getting involved in something, whether it's this, karate, breaking ballet, going down the jiu-jitsu club, or just going for a, a, your first run around the block. You don't have to look like anything to improve your health. No, you're absolutely right. And you've got to remember that all those people were beginners at some point anyway. Yeah. And I think being a beginner is a wonderful place to be because you're about to learn a whole load of stuff about movement but about you and your body and the more you learn about your body the better placed you are to look after yourself going forwards and and really understand what your capabilities are and you know if you can strengthen your body you can strengthen your mind and vice versa of course but I think having that strength having that ability in your body really really helps your mental well-being as well and you know we've all learned that through lockdown haven't we the importance of moving our bodies to stay sane in this you know the new kind of life that we were living but yeah I get that all the time. I get a lot of it. I'm too old. People messaging me saying, I'm 35. Am I too old to start these workouts? I'm like, no, why, why is age a barrier to doing anything? Um, certainly not a barrier to moving your body. And 
you know, if you're, if you're starting a new fitness regime, make sure you've got a good instructor and any, a good instructor will always guide you and see where you're coming in at and, and be able to help move you forwards. They're never going to make you do something that is too much for your body at that moment in time. So it's, it's all about finding the right people to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I read a, 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 I listened to a podcast the other day that was how a, a good coach is better than a, a, any program. Yeah. So whatever it is, if you're in the right environment with the right people, it will it will it will benefit you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you come up, not come up against, but some of the conversations that you have, you are you feeling that you're having to sell ballet as a as a uh, a, a great way to, to look after yourself and get fit? Isn't just I'm I reckon knowing what I know about health and fitness now, which is limited, but more than it used to be, that the strength element is quite a lot of what you're doing isn't it yeah is it all of it it's I I think rather than selling ballet it's it's selling you know the benefits I think not everyone understands you know some people may have seen a ballet I think there's a real split between my audience of of women who did ballet as a child Mm -hmm. and love the idea of that reminiscing and taking them back to that happy place but there's a large proportion of women who have never done it and are intrigued by it, never got the opportunity to do it. And it feels like this whole other world that they kind of want to pull the curtain back and peek behind and see, well, what's going on? I'm really intrigued by this. Is this for me? And once they realize that it's for anyone, so any fitness level, any body shape, any age, any anything, um, that it has so many benefits. So yeah, you're absolutely right in terms of the strength and the body weight training, which again, as women post age 35, we really need to be focusing on, um, you know, heading, thinking about future proofing our body and protecting our bones and, and all the rest of it. But balance is something as well that women are really keen to maintain, particularly as they start to age and posture because bad posture causes so many problems, so many aches and pains. You know, that I think was one of the the main things through lockdown as well was people sitting at their desks, that it wasn't their normal desk that they were used to sitting at, you know, they were having to pull things together for the family and they may not have been particularly comfortable and then they were getting aches and pains they weren't moving as much as they ordinarily would do commuting and you know we forget that we move our bodies a lot without realizing um, and so posture I was getting asked all the time about posture um, and core strength core strength is at the the center I would say of well of our bodies but also of what I teach and what I practice because that helps with posture it helps with balance it helps alleviate back pain it's it's so important for all of us not just women um, so huge huge benefits and I think the other thing with ballet is you know if you get on a treadmill you can run and you can watch the tv at the same time if you're using which you will do kettlebells and things like that the focus is very much on the equipment whereas with ballet you we're not using equipment most of the time the focus is very much on the body so you're having to connect in with your body you can't be doing a shopping list in your head you can't be worrying about is my child okay at school today? All the things that go through a woman's mind and, and guys as well. You can't do that because it, it's 
you know, already thinking about 10 different things, just standing up correctly <laughs> um, with correct ballet posture before you start moving. So it's a fantastic in the moment activity because it does help you to switch off as well and, and relax and learn more about your body. How do you manage people who haven't, who haven't got the time to look after themselves? Well, I think number one, I don't believe anyone that says they don't have the time to look after themselves. That That's a limiting decision that's been made at some point for whatever reason. Um, if you've got time to sit and flick through Netflix for 15, 20 minutes, sit down and look through, you know, the takeout menu, you've got time to do a workout. You, you know, you can you can adjust your lifestyle to ensure that you're moving your body more. And people have heard this all the time, you know, take the stairs rather than the lift or the escalator. You park your car further away from the supermarket so you have to walk a little bit further. All these little things, um, you know, the, the kind of NEPA, the non-exercise uh, physical activity that we need to incorporate into our day. It doesn't have to be about doing a particular workout. So you can make sure that you're getting that physical activity into your day. But when it comes to workouts, I think so many people think that they need to, um, you know, beast themselves, just they need to do hit workouts and they need to go crazy for 90 minutes and they need to do this every day or three, four times a week. It needs to be an hour long workout. And um, that's the only way. And then I'm going to starve myself on top of that because I want to lose, I want to shift this weight. And actually it can be really, really counterproductive. Um, obviously my audience are women in their forties and beyond and that form of working out and, and, regime is counterproductive because it raises women's cortisol levels and if your cortisol levels are high your body automatically retains weight as a protective mechanism it's that fight or flight response and so women that are gaining weight around their midsection wondering why that's happening or retaining weight there and can't shift it they could be doing the all the wrong things unwittingly this is not you know this you don't ever blame yourself for trying to do the right thing but understanding a little bit more about well actually doing a 15 minute workout every day which you, everyone can do everyone can find 15 minutes mm -hmm. um is far better for your body your mental health if you're short on time than trying to push yourself to do that hit workout and i'm not dissing hit workouts at all they're amazing this is not me criticizing hit but if you are new to working out that's probably not the best place to start um, so many people end up injured trying to do that um, but just doing something um, for 15 minutes a day and getting the right balance. And I think that is challenging for people as well. They're just not sure what to do. And we all need to have a balance of three different areas. We need cardio for our heart health and weight loss, of course. Um, we need to have body, um, strength training. Uh, and we also need to do more restorative work. So stretching, yoga, things that calm the nervous system down. Those three things need to be happening during our week. Um, but 15 minutes a day, it works. People get results. My clients get results doing it. And 15 minutes is doable. It, it really, really is. It does make a difference. And I think that's part of why people don't succeed on a lot of fitness programs is it's not sustainable for many people with very busy lifestyles. It's mm. just not sustainable. So then they just stop completely because their mindset is, well, I've only got time to do 20 minutes. There's no point. And they don't do it. 
Mm. Um, but there is a point there absolutely is. So yeah, 15 minutes, if that's all you can do, it's, it's worth it. it. It's finding something for me, it's finding something that's challenging, not challenging, uh, engaging enough to make you come back the next mm. day. Yeah. So that, you know what I mean? So like the, the, there's probably are amazing programs that are just the best of the best for whatever your goal is. Mm. But if they're not interesting enough or they're too hard or they take too much time in the world that we live in, as for, for me as a 40-year-old man with three kids under eight and for your customers, ladies in their 40s, probably got lots of other things going on, mm. jobs and, and, and children. And, you know, the added pressures of being a, a lady, which still hasn't, I, I know, still has not been shared across the, the sexes, has it? Like, you know, there are still things that if my, my wife who will go back to work after maternity leave, I'm trying to persuade her that I am capable of, of doing some contribution towards, mm. you know, the things that she just does. I have to think to do them. Now, if all that's going on, is, is and we've, we've, we're pretty balanced, I think, um, when all that's going on is, where's my 15 minutes coming from? Where's my half an hour coming from? But actually... If ballet is my thing, or if running is my thing, then I'll find time for it. And people, we, they find time for stuff they enjoy, don't I think? Of course. And we use time as a scapegoat to avoid yeah. responsibility in an area we don't want to do. So, you know, if you're a parent listening and your kid comes to you and is like, dad, dad, I want, can you come play Lego with me? Or I don't know, come in, come and do this. And you're like, oh, I really don't want to do that. The response will be, I don't have time right now. I'm cooking your dinner right now, or I'm just on this call, or I just need to this. I just need to that. We're using time as a scapegoat to avoid, you know, this isn't us being bad parents. It's just life. Um, you know, we're avoiding that responsibility. And so if you're saying, I don't have time to exercise, it's because you don't want to, and you're avoiding that responsibility of doing it. And at the end of the day, you know, we, wouldn't, we have not evolved to exercise. We have not. This is not a natural thing. Our ancestors um, stayed healthy and physically active because they had to, because they, they had to, you know, they were hunter gatherers. So they were having to hunt for their food, which meant they needed to run. And it, it, you know, kept them healthy. They didn't wake up each day and think, right, I need to go for a 10 mile run to keep myself healthy. This was not a thing. And so now that we can get food delivered to our door and we don't have to, you know, exert ourselves to do anything anymore we when we you know over the last 12 months has shown is we can pretty much just sit in our pajamas in the house and still have you know everything happen around us um that you know physical activity now is voluntary we have to do it consciously for our health and that's hard because we're not wired to do that. We're wired to take the path of least resistance. And so if you're listening and you don't like exercise, that's totally normal. And don't be beating yourself up about that and having that negative conversation in your head. I'm hopeless. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Everyone else seems to do it. You've got to try and find something you enjoy and you've got to see the necessity in doing it. So the necessity bit is hard because if you're not overweight, you've not got any medical issues. Sometimes that can be hard to see. Well, I don't really need to do it because I don't need to drop any weight. I'm perfectly healthy. 
But actually, if you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about future-proofing your body and being as healthy as you possibly can, also you need to think about your mental health because exercise helps with that as well. You need to find your why with exercise. You need to find for you what is why it is necessary. And there will be there will be a reason. And it always boils down to a health reason, not, not an aesthetic. It's always a health reason. Then as you were saying, you need to find something that's engaging, that you enjoy. Now, the problem with that is, even if you find something you enjoy, like for you, it's the CrossFit, for me, it's the ballet, for me, it's a load of other things as well. That's not to say you're going to enjoy it every single time. And I'd be lying if I was saying, yeah, come and join my ballet program and you'll love it every single day. That's not going to happen. And for you, if you're inviting friends to go to CrossFit, it's the same thing. It's, you might, you know, don't, decide you're going to start running if you know you hate running that's not going to work um, my husband would argue against that and say well you can learn to love it and once you get good at it it will become enjoyable fine but if you're just starting out find something you find engaging that you think is enjoyable that you find fun doing make it a sociable activity and um, you're not going to enjoy it every time but it's a start and it's something that will you know get you going to begin with, then you can start working on creating habits, healthy habits around that and have that part of your lifestyle that's not even a decision you need to make. It's just something that you do. It's just part of who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think we don't need to convert people on this to know that they need to do stuff. And I think if we can help. Well, some people, people do. We help, but find, just find something and go and give it a go and don't be scared of walking through the doors of somewhere new. Just like when you walk into a, a new job, everything's new and somebody will take you under their wing and, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you don't find something else. But mm. give, give, things, give things a go. And we will obviously put your uh, your websites and, and social media stuff in the in, in the show notes as well, Sarah, because you, you're, you're operating sort of um, in a studio and remotely, right? Yeah, so I've got in-person classes, which obviously didn't happen um, through the pandemic. Um, they're um, starting again very soon. But I actually um, opened up my online business a few years ago. So I was I was lucky, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was already set up. I was already online. I have an online membership. I've got online courses. Um, and then I, I was doing all my, my sessions over zoom throughout lockdown. So, um, yeah, I've been online for a little while. So yeah, I was, I was very fortunate in that my business could continue running and actually suited people quite well over the last 12 months. Your website's amazing, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, normally you get the sort of the clickbait ones, which are, if you want to lose, duh, 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 we have this and then there'll be a box for click here for your thing and then and then you just they keep going don't they so eventually you go oh, i'll just give you 150 quid and and i've joined mm -hmm. like it, it's just a fan it's just a lovely read it's got links to all your social media the podcasts and all that kind of stuff on there but i just wanted to spend a moment and you've you've not always i know you've always um took part in ballet mm -hmm. or at least as a as a child and, and obviously now as a business but there was a a part in between where you were, you had a career, didn't you? A, a, did. a regular career. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I started ballet when I was two. Um, and 
I fell in love with it. I was a painfully shy child and that's why my mum took me to ballet class. Um, and I continued with that. When I was 14, I got a scholarship for ballet school. But at the time, my parents were, you know, I was a bright kid and they could see that ballet was an unpredictable career. And they wanted me to, to go down a more academic route. So fast forward a few years, I became a lawyer. <laughs> I had left Wales where I grew up. I'd moved to London. Um, I had done my degree and everything. I, I moved to London and I became a lawyer in the city. I was a litigator. So I was then, I got my higher rights of audience. I was in court. I was, it was, you know, it was fast paced in a corporate environment. I had... Um, high profile celebrity clients. Um, it was crazy. I look back now and it was a crazy, crazy life. And, but there's, there was always still a part of me that missed ballet because at that point I worked crazy long hours. I really struggled to find a form of exercise that I could fit into my day. Um, there weren't as many online um, offerings then I was getting up at five in the morning to get to the gym before work there would be occasions where I'd go to work on a Monday and wouldn't leave until Thursday so I used the gym to shower and you know live my life um, and then I got really tired of the gym I didn't like it because then because it was in the city there were an awful lot of other lawyers in there and that just felt weird working out alongside other male lawyers that I knew and uh, so then I started running around the city and along the river hated running I did kickboxing, which I loved. It went on and on and on. I was always doing something. Um, and then I found the New York City Ballet, which now no longer exists, but there was an American lady teaching that. And I fell in love with it and thought, God, you know, when I was a kid, I, I moved, I did ballet because I loved ballet. Why can't I do that now for my fitness and my health? There's no reason why not. Because as a child, you, you don't do activities because you think it's good for your health. You do it because it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I can do that now. She left, there were no other classes and I, you know, I was gutted. And then fast forward a few years, I, I was turning 30 and I went to New York for my 30th birthday with my best friend. It was just the two of us. We did the Sex and the City tour. You know, that was a big thing then. Um, and we had a blast and we'd gone out the night before my birthday, had the most amazing night out, very late nights. The next day was my actual birthday. We did a tour. We did all these fun things in New York. But we decided we'll have an early dinner. Um, we'll walk back to the hotel, get an early night. We were flying at 5 a.m. the next morning. And on the way back to the hotel, we got mugged at gunpoint. And he was a really aggressive individual. He was high. He was, it was really frightening. And it was October, so it was dark at that time. It was only like 6.30 p.m. or something, but it was pitch black. And um, he was really aggravated. I had no money because I'd just given all my money as a tip in the restaurant. I had money back in the hotel room for the taxi. And, you know, they tell you, don't they always carry money? Because if you get mugged, you need to give them something. And I hadn't listened to that and <laughs> wished I had. And he didn't believe me. And it got more and more aggressive. He had the gun right up against my forehead. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a very very strange moment time completely slowed down um it was a quite an out-of-body experience uh my friend had got like a couple of dollars and a macy card that she gave him but of course it wasn't what he was expecting and we were just stood there and time slowed right down and 
you know, in that moment, I remember thinking, how is this going to end? How is this going to end up? It's not looking good. Um, and then he decided he would move on because he wasn't getting anything and said, right, go. We started walking. He changed his mind and he told us, no, stop, turn around. And he made us turn our backs to him. And I remember at that time reaching down for my friend's hand, holding a hand and closing my eyes. And I thought, this is it. This is it. We're gone. And he disappeared. And we were like, <laughs> so I opened my eyes. I haven't died, I don't think. What turned around, he wasn't there. And we ran into a hotel and called 911. And the police were there in minutes. I end up then going around New York looking for him in the back of a police. That's a whole other story. Um, and yeah, then we end up um, together in the police station hours later um, with two homicide detectives who were then on the case because this particular individual had been getting more and more aggressive and they suspected him of murder as well so it was all very very frightening the, why am I telling you this because that was the moment I think when I arrived back in London the next day um, I'd gone to work I got sent home from work because I was in no fit state uh, and on the way home from work I um, got assaulted by a, a gang of um, young men on my way home so I had a pretty rough uh, couple of days uh, I lived right in the center of London and I was walking home from work um, to my flat and I remember getting back and over those you know following days kind of processing what had happened and you you look back over your life you look at your current life and I loved London I still love London I don't have anything against it but I was like I'm I, I'm not completely in love with this career this is not my passion this is I'm good at it um, I've met amazing people I've had amazing experiences I've traveled the world is this what I want to do for the rest of my life no it really isn't. And it was at that point that I decided I need to do something that fills me with joy. I need to live out the rest of my life, given that I've now, um, I'm so grateful that I have the rest of my life, that I, I need to do that. And I need to be true to myself. Um, and it was scary. You know, I was 30. What was I going to do? I had this amazing career ahead of me. Um, but I decided to leave. And within two years of making that decision, I had married my boyfriend. I'd left the law. Uh, I had, I was pregnant with my first child and I was back at college um, with teenagers <laughs> alongside me um, doing my teacher training to become a ballet teacher. And I didn't know where that was going to lead me. I knew that I wasn't um, always going to be in a classroom teaching children. I knew I wanted to do more than that. Um, I loved doing that, but there was something driving me to take my experience to other women and have other women access a form of ballet-inspired fitness because it had inspired me so much and, and helped me through my life. It had helped me reinvent myself on several occasions, actually, through my life. And I think that, you know, my mission then became, I want other women to experience this. I want them to find that passion in movement. Um, but also, I think, movement and having strength in movement, which I had already touched on, gives you confidence. 
It gives you confidence in your body. It gives you confidence in your mindset. And it really can be the catalyst to helping you make those changes in your life. And it is scary, of course, but all good, all good things come from stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, so if you're fearful of going and, and doing the um, CrossFit session, go and do it. Get outside of your comfort zone because that's when the magic happens. It doesn't happen sitting at your home doing all the things you always do and staying in that zone. I'm speechless because I know we had a brief chat about um, the, the New York thing, but then to hear it properly is uh, <laughs> really yeah. Away. So, um, so obviously that's that's to you went on to be, be a, a ballet teacher, and from there set up breaking ballet, I guess. Yeah, I kind of went from the teaching the children to adding. Um, the ballet school I was freelancing at, uh, I said, I, I want to set up a class for adults. I want to do like this ballet fusion mm -hmm. fitness thing. And, and the principal said, yeah, fine, go for it. I set it up and it filled the first day and then there was a wait list and it, it went on like that. There was a constant wait list. And then I thought I could like set up my own classes outside of the dance school. So I did that. I set up that business that flourished um, and I was doing, so then I was working, freelancing for the dance school. Then I was working, um, teaching my own classes. Then I was, um, I've taught for two, uh, three years. I taught movements, people with Parkinson's disease. I was part of the Silver Swans program with the Royal Academy of Dance teaching the over 55s ballet. I've been, um, I've coached um, board divers in preparation for competitions. So it's been really varied um, over that time. And I think during that process, you know, I had a Facebook page and then people started hearing about me and were contacting me from up north saying, you know, have you got a class in Manchester? Have you got a class in Leeds? I was like, no, no, I don't. And then I thought this is crazy because I can reach more people and help more people if I'm online. But it did take me a couple of years to get there because I was trying to figure out how do I teach ballet with integrity if I'm not in the same room as someone. So mm. it, it, it took me a little while because, you know, it, it's quite um, technical. It took me a little while to get online, but eventually Breaking Ballet yeah, was born um, back in, I think, 2017. Um, and that's when I came online and then it's kind of flourished from there really yeah I, I, you know I, I kind of understand where you're coming from with the online thing because you know I'm doing some reading at the moment about you know the, there are 22 points of reference to do an air squat mm. so if, if, if I was to not that I'm, I'm setting up a fitness business but if I was trying to sell a fitness business and just told somebody to stand up and down a few times there's a really good chance that I won't be able to see what they're doing wrong so I can see if you're trying to help somebody even with their mobility or, or, you know, mm. moving one leg in front of the other or their, their posture or whatever. I would, I would think ballet is quite a, ta a tactile thing, isn't it? You'll have a coach sort of put your arm there, your leg there and, and that, you know, so it's supposed to present that online properly and make sure they're getting the best out of it. it must be a high quality product, I guess. Yeah. It's, it can be tactile thing. Not all adults like, being touched of course um but we <laughs> not all <now. laughs> no not now not ever unless you're wearing a mask um and you've hand sanitized but not that you know there's so many different ways of learning and 
even in a class environment in outside of COVID times where I can uh, make those adaptations and help people, you know, I can physically um, touch them and, and help move their bodies in a particular way. Not everyone learns that way. Some people learn by watching you do it and copying you. Some people need to see themselves in a mirror to see what's going on. You know, you can say, no, 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 your arm, you need to, you, it needs to look like that, like mine. And then you can move their arm and it'll go back, stick them in front of the mirror. They're like, oh, why am I doing it like that? So it's, we all learn in different ways. We all process in different ways. And I think the, you know, the art of, of being an instructor is to appreciate that. And in your teaching to have various options available for people. Um, you know, it's more limited, of course, online, but it's not impossible and it works and you can still do it. Um, but I think that's what, that's why I love my membership because I'm very hands-on in there and there is a, it's a community and that we chat and we talk and if anyone's got questions and I've just been live in my membership this morning doing a Q and A, you know, I want people to ask me questions and I want them to succeed and, and progress. That's really important to me. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going online is, it's, it's a weird old thing, isn't it? It's like going live on Facebook and, and chatting into the ether. You don't know who's there. You don't know who's listening, having podcasts. You don't know who's listening to that. Um, it's, yeah. it's funny, but it's fantastic because you can reach more people and connect. Yeah. More and of course, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, isn't it? Which is what my yeah. whole podcast is about. Yeah. I, forgot, I forgot to tell you the reason I'm, I do this is because, I tried to volunteer for the local food bank and mm-hmm. they didn't take any volunteers because of COVID. They were literally trying to run on less people. So I was like, right, well, I'll just try to give something. And if something happens, it happens. So that's why I did my little Friday morning meeting with anyone who wants to come and have a bit of a natter with who's got a small business. We had like 11 people on there this morning. And then this is my way of, um, I, have an, I have an innate ability to go for coffee with people in normal times and they tell me all sorts of interesting stuff and the whole point of this is more people need to hear what people tell me Mm, yeah because it's wasted just on me Mm. you know and if if, if five people listen to this podcast and get one thing out of it i'm i'm Mm. I'm yeah absolutely i want to go back to you we're going to talk about your podcast in a second because i've listened to a couple of bits you talked about the confidence of being healthier Mm. And I, um, I remember, it must be 10 years ago, myself, my wife, this is all pre-kids for everybody, my cousin, his wife, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and so the six of us went away to, uh, to Neff in North Wales um, for New Year. And on New Year's Day, my brother-in-law, who's a bit of a surf, a bit of a mountain bike guy, I've always, whenever he's done anything, I've been like, no, I'm busy because I... I didn't, wouldn't have any confidence to go and do anything with him. Mm. Even if he said, I've got a spare mountain bike, do you want to come? I'd be like, well, no, you're an expert. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, they went surfing in on Hell's Mouth. Hell, Hell's Mouth. And I stood there having a fag looking after the uh, the coats. And, 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 I pretend, and, I, and when I look back, I was just hiding behind the fact that I didn't trust my body to be able to cope if it, something happened in the sea. Mm. Yeah. I was just scared. Mm. If we went now, even though I was 30 then and I'm 40 now, and like you say, it's not actually that old, is it, once you get there? 
if, if you're going to get no, to yeah. 85 or 90, you're only halfway through, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I'd be the first in the queue. Yeah. Because you've got I'd like you bring your surfboard. I want to learn. I want you to teach me how to, you know, look mm. really stupid in front of all the really cool people. Yeah. And fall off and, um, and probably end up looking silly and scraping my face on the rocks. So, yeah, I, I would. And that's just from the confidence of raising that sort of the, my, my, my fitness a bit more than it used to be. Yes. Sat there breaking records, mm. you know, but an overall, you know, I guess if you can get good at, at the ballet stuff, I bet you can climb a mountain with your friends on a weekend. Yeah. And it, yeah. I think that that's, it's really interesting that you say that because when I, whenever I've talked to women or got them to fill in questionnaires, you know, everyone fills in, um, uh, a little questionnaire when they join my membership so I can learn more about them and and one of the things that I often find people talking about is how they feel limited in their lives they're not living their lives to the full and I think that feeling healthier feeling happier feeling stronger by exercising and focusing on what your body can do not on what it can't do and your body is capable of doing so many more things than you think it is um it really starts to open that up and as you've just described you know now you'd be all in and you'd be the first in there into the sea uh, and taking part that it opens up your life to so many more opportunities and like I was talking about stepping outside your comfort zone, if movement is not in your comfort zone, I can quite understand, you know, why you would be reluctant to go and do that. But try and choose something that doesn't feel as threatening to you. Some people, you know, like the idea of walking into a CrossFit, I, I've done CrossFit with my brother when I go up to Wales and stay with him. And I, I, I'm, I'm confident moving my body. I don't have a problem, but I can see why that would be incredibly intimidating to someone who doesn't, because it's a huge venue. There's loads of people, the instructors bouncing off the walls with energy. And if you're not that person, that can be just too much, way too much. So for, for that person, I would say, start small, you know, find a workout on YouTube, do it at home where no one can see you, build up your confidence slowly, understanding, you know, what CrossFit is, if, if it's CrossFit, understanding what ballet is, understanding whatever the form of exercise is that you're choosing. If you want to run, do couch to 5k, it's fantastic. I did it with my kids several times over lockdown. <laughs> We're going out again. Um, just start really, really small, even if it's one press up with your knees on the floor. It doesn't have to be, you know, creating healthy habits is not right. I've signed you up for CrossFit. You're doing this marathon then. So you've got to train for that. It doesn't have to be big at all that, you know, tiny, tiny habit. What is the smallest thing that you could do that can move you forwards from where you were yesterday? And if that's, I'm not going to eat the whole chocolate bar today. I'm just going to have half or I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink an extra glass of water today. Or if you never drink water, I'm going to drink one glass today or I'm going to do one press up, literally one press up. 
Um, it's take it right back to basics and build from there. Next day, you might do two press-ups. Next day, you might have one and a half glasses of water, whatever it is. Take it back to the most basic form so that you can start to build your confidence, build your understanding of how a particular form of fitness works. Um, don't feel pressured into doing anything that makes you feel super outside of your comfort zone but you do need to be pushing those boundaries you do need to be nudging um, yourself away from where you currently are because if you don't you'll stay where you are you'll stay stuck feeling stuck um, so you need to be pushing the boundaries a little bit pushing to the edges of that comfort zone in a way that will help you get into that CrossFit class or get into that ballet class or whatever it is that you choose to do in your own time. Um, but it, it has to be, you know, you have to get there. You do need to do that. It's pretty, most things that you're unsure of end up being either amazing or nowhere near as bad as you thought. Yeah. So, you know, the thought of it is far worse. Yeah. 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 And um, everyone, everyone started as a beginner at some point. Um, everyone's been there. And frankly, if you're worrying about what other people are going to think of you, you know, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other podcast, isn't it? The comparisonitis. Oh and and sometimes we, it's not just comparing yourself with others. It might be comparing yourself to how, what you were capable of in, in your twenties and you can't do it now. And then you think, Oh God, no, I, I'm just not even going to attempt it, but forget what other people think. People don't care. People are nice. You know, at the end of the day, if someone's making fun of you for doing something, that's their problem. But the vast majority of people will be patting you on the back, encouraging you, feeling really proud that you're there, that you're doing it. You know, people are nice. People in the fitness world are nice. They, they yeah. want you to succeed. They genuinely care about wanting you to be a, a, a healthier version of yourself or, you know, fine tuning what you've already got. Yeah. I've, I've never seen or come across anybody in the fitness space who is this person who's just taking money off people. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I've been around a little while in this world now. Um, as a member, as connecting with people, obviously some people will be a member, then they'll go and set up their own business in a similar space. So they, and I, they're all decent boys and girls, in my, in my opinion. And I bet, I'm not discussed how your class sets up, but I bet if somebody nervous walks into your studio for the first time, within a couple of weeks, they're down the road having a coffee with a couple of the members, aren't they? Yeah, you know. they're all friends. They're all, and it's all ages, all shapes and sizes. I've got men in my classes. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's not that type of environment. And even in my online membership, it's so loving, so supportive, so kind. I've never, ever had to do this. But if anyone were to come in and make any comment that I thought was mean, they wouldn't stay there. Um, they'd be out. I would kick them out. But it's they, never they happened. They themselves out, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do because they don't feel right in the environment because it doesn't, it's not them. And, you know, if, if you were unfortunate enough to go somewhere where you felt like the instructor was just taking the money and, and didn't care and wasn't providing that care, go and find someone else. Yeah. Don't stick with it. It's not you, it's them. Yeah. You, there's, a, there's the right fit for you somewhere. 
Um, and you need to find that person. And I'm not on this podcast saying you need to come and do a ballet workout with me, or you need to this. It's not that it's, you need to find the right fit for you and you will resonate with someone and some form of movement, and you'll fall in love with it. You will have their support, their accountability and, and you'll fly. Yeah. You should be like a kid again. Yeah. I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try that. I'll go, and yeah. then eventually you'll find something, won't you? Yeah, and you find your crew, you find your mates, yeah. and you know it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Our gym was like an adult. Uh, yeah. That, that we, we I go to the early class, and um, I want to talk about your podcast in a second. I go to the early class, and it used to be me and a couple of guys who would have been, you know, teachers and stuff like that on the way to work, and 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 a, a, the other dozen or so. Um, people in the class would be would be ladies it seems to have flipped now and i don't know what's happened but when i've gone back there's one or two ladies and the others are blokes and we you know we're chatting to the owners go what's going on here? and on tuesday it was a muscle up day right bearing in mind that that you know that perception that everyone in that environment can do that stuff is, is just it, it doesn't happen so there's me a dentist a builder um a, a, a partner in a law firm and, and so just like hang, hanging off these things just like it's quarter past six in the morning I've got three kids at home and I'm I'm swinging off this thing thinking I'm you know some kind of hero and I'm sure that this guy this is not going to make the Instagram reel of the gym for re, <laughs> you know 10 reasons to come down and, and visit this but it was just like being in a PE class yeah a, you know yeah. it's just a bit of fun and yeah. you, the byproduct is you just a bit, you know, got a good start today and feel a bit healthy. You are a bit healthier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the, so, the social side, as you say, is really important because you're on a, you're all on a level level playing field. No matter what your yeah. background, no matter what job you do, we've all got bodies that need moving. So yeah, it can be, it can open up your social circle as well. Definitely. Um, your podcast, Smart Women Connect. Yes, yes. I have a podcast with a lady called Virginia, um, who's Scottish and swears a bit. Um, and she... I that. There's an E, no, explicit in my Spotify. <laughs> she, um, she lives out in the Cayman Islands. She is also an ex-lawyer who has um, gone into the fitness um, side of things. She's actually um, going back into law now as well. Um, but yeah, we, it, it's, that podcast is an open an honest conversation with, um, you know, predominantly for women talking about all aspects of um, issues that arise for us. Um, so we, yeah, we've been chatting in there a while. I've got a Facebook group as well. Um, and I've just, this last week on Wednesday evening, I actually had a specialist come in to talk about menopause because obviously since the Davina McCall documentary, that is an issue that's affecting many women and men. It affects everyone. Menopause affects everyone. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of conversations happening around that at the moment, but I do love to talk as you may have gathered. So yeah, there's, there's the podcast and there's the Facebook group and there's all sorts of conversations going on. If there are any men listening to this, mm. I would advise they have a, a nosy at the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to be that, I'm not going to sort of, I'm going to give it more respect then because that will make you understand women. It's not about that. A lot of the content is perfectly relevant to a male audience. Mm. 
does that make sense? Not, not yeah. kind of not kind of so that you understand you know the, the uh, how, how women are but the, the the stuff there was a great one how uh, does being healthy make you boring mm. it's, you know that that was my last few years in a in a 40 minute segment right yeah that, 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 you know and I know you, you the, the audience what it is is ladies in 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 that that sort of demographic but it was talking directly to me and I think it's really interesting you and Virginia have, have live a healthy life. I know she's really into a, a strength training of whatever she does in, in her gym. Obviously, yeah, Virginia's biceps are bigger than my legs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fascinating listen, and we will put the, the the links into there. Thank you. And again, I think we could go for another another half yeah, hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Um, so I'll, I'll make sure that the link's in. But yeah, if you're a bloke on this listening to this, jump on the Smart Women Cadet podcast, um, or indeed if you are a lady, because it is aimed at you as well. Um, and, and it's well worth a listen, but that's been that's been lovely. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks for inviting me on. I love how we ended up connecting um, through a mutual friend. Um, so thank you for inviting me on and um, sharing, yeah, what our view of fitness and getting people to step outside of their comfort zones. Yeah. It's been and, really yeah, fun. Yeah, absolutely. And um, coming and probably next week, we're going to have a chap called Gary Rothwell. And he um, went through a similar traumatic experience in um, in Afghanistan and ended up leaving the army, uh, not knowing what he wanted to do. And he runs his own online fitness business aimed oh. at men in their 40s. Wow, cool. And he's oh, I must, let me know when you do that one. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll, keep, I'll let you keep an yeah. eye out. But, um, yeah. Right, that's been great. Well, you have a lovely rest of the day. Yes, you too. Thanks, Rob. All right, no worries. Take care. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thanks.